thank you so much for tuning in to Yoga Journeys, a podcast focused on sharing and celebrating inspiring stories of transformation through the practice of yoga. I am your host, Katherine Kennedy. This podcast came about after having experienced my own transformation, growth, and healing through my yoga practice. I wanted to share these life-changing tools with others, so I became a yoga teacher after several years of training. Throughout my years of teaching and practicing, I've talked with many other practitioners and teachers and have heard so many of the same stories over and over again and wanted to create this platform for sharing those stories. So I'm so excited to have Kellyani Nicole Heath as the next guest on the podcast. Kellyani Nicole is a 500-hour certified yoga instructor, a licensed massage therapist, a partner, and a mom. She loves to create beautiful spaces. She is the owner of Idle Wild Yoga and Healing Arts, previously located in Ellsworth, Maine, and now in Southern Maine. She currently subs yoga classes at Rosemont Wellness Center and sees massage clients out of her home office. Kellyani Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited to be here this morning. Wonderful. So let's start out with you sharing what brought you to yoga. Okay, so yoga for me actually goes back to my childhood. Um, My mother actually introduced me to yoga as a child. She would lay a blanket on the floor of the living room and she would go into various yoga poses. I actually didn't know that that's what she was doing because I was pretty young. Um, But I would come and get on the blanket with her and imitate the poses that she was in. Um, I particularly remember her doing shoulder stand, actually, and that was one of my favorites. But um, my brother was younger, two and a half years, and he would come toddle along and get on the blanket too. And that was actually the beginning of my introduction to yoga. That's such a cool, cool beginning, I think, uh, especially with that mother-daughter bond and, and also family bond with your, with your brother kind of bring, uh, joining in as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. So can you tell a little bit more about how that practice grew for you over the years and then up until now? Sure. Um, it was something that kind of came in and out of my life. I think I had those experiences in childhood. Um, And then in my teen years, my mother had bought, um, Raquel Welch had a yoga book for a little while. I think it's probably still available. And I believe it was based in Bikram, which I didn't know anything about different yogas either again. Um, And so my mother had this book in our home by Raquel Welch, it was her yoga book. And I would take it as a teenager into my room when I just wanted to have space by myself. And I would open up this book and look at the postures and I would do them. Um, And I just knew that it made me feel a lot better. I felt a lot more grounded, especially as a teenager. Um, And this wasn't something that my mother introduced me to. I just kind of did this on my own. My natural instincts kind of led me to this. Um, And then I would have to say that when I entered into college, I I didn't really do any yoga at all. Um, 
it was something that didn't, wasn't a part of my everyday life anymore. And it was during the time in my life in my late 20s um, and early 30s when I started to attend yoga classes again. Um, the, my dear teacher, uh, Sally Clinton in Blue Hill. And it just felt like coming back home for me. And that was um, something that was a big draw for me. And Sally is such an amazing teacher and so welcoming. And so she makes you feel comfortable no matter what. Um, she's able to, um, I think, meet people at all different stages and places and, and still um, make yoga accessible for them. Accessible, sorry. <laughs> um, and so it was during that phase that yoga became more of a daily practice for me. Um, what brings me to where I am today is actually, um, she held a eight month health empowerment course, which I didn't know at the time was actually steeped in Ayurveda. Um, and during that time and that experience, it began to really um, impress upon me the importance of yoga becoming um, more of a daily practice. And when I'm talking about yoga right now, I should probably say that I'm, I'm referring more to like the posture, the asana practice, um, because I think I feel as if yoga is much, much more than just that. But that's how it began for me. And I, as I think it begins that way for everybody. Um, and then it does become more. So that's really how yoga has progressed through my life. Um, and it was the influence of my teacher, Sally, who led me to become a yoga instructor, ultimately. That's beautiful. I loved to hear you say you felt like you were coming back home. <laughs> that is a really, really beautiful sentiment for sure. And can you talk a little bit about what, what does your daily practice entail? What it, and, and how has it changed? Because I know you said that asana was the first thing that brought you in. Has your practice changed over the years and as you've been introduced to different practices? Um, sure. That is such a good question. Um, it's, it's interesting to me how it has shifted and changed and, um, and how it's transformed my life as well. So in the beginning, like I mentioned, it was really about the postures, the asana, but then it became more. Um, and I should probably back up by saying that I grew up in a Christian household and so I had this understanding of faith and spirituality from, a, from the day I was born, pretty much. Um, and so those teachings never truly resonated with me completely. There was bits and pieces that did and bits and pieces that didn't. And as I started the asana practice and I started studying with Sally more and what happened is I think my mind, my body, my spirit were all being spoken to. And I started exploring more about what I really truly believed and why I believed it. And so my asana practice then trans began to transform my spiritual um, life. 
and my understanding of that aspect and gave it more depth and more focus and more clarity. Um, and then as I began to study pranayama or the breath work, that just added another whole dimension. And I've studied with um, Shiva Shakti there, who I have my 500 hour, my 200 hour and my 500 hour <laughs> through. And in studying with them and studying pranayama, um, I even remember when we've studied specifically pranayama that they've even mentioned how this alone can be your yoga practice. Um, I find pranayama to be very powerful and very grounding, very centering and very clearing. Um, and so these pieces all come together for me. And I think my practice has evolved from doing definitely more of a, an asana practice. I wouldn't say every day, but I allow myself the freedom of maybe five days a week in before I had children, I would get on my mat for an hour because I had the time to do that. Since I've had children, um, my children are 12, um, it's evolved a lot differently because it's, I don't have the luxury to take an hour every day to do a practice. Some days I can and some days I can't. So I think as I've grown in my yoga practice and my spirituality, I've also, um, come to this place of letting go. And I allow my practice to be what it can be for that day. And some days I actually can't get my practice in and my yoga is actually more of like honoring my family and taking care of my family. Um, so that's what I mean. I feel like yoga is so much more than just the asana. So I would say like this morning I was able to sit in meditation. Meditation is another aspect of my yoga practice. Um, and that's as much as I've been able to do this morning and had time for. Um, later today I should have some time to do some asana. Um, and I would say these days my asana practice is closer to 20 to minutes to half an hour um, because that's just the reality of life. And um, it's interesting though, because I took a break from teaching as I've moved from the Ellsworth area to here to Southern Maine, I had to take a break, um, from teaching while I moved and got settled. And now that I'm getting back into teaching, I realize how much I missed teaching, how much I love to teach and how, when I'm teaching, it also, um, it brings us um, level of, I can't wait to study more and I can't wait to learn more. It, it's kind of interesting to me, <laughs> you know, and how much um, I look forward to sitting down with a new book that, whether it's on pranayama or um, there's a group of us reading the Mahabharata right now, you know, and I, I get excited about this and continuing this journey in my yogic path. Um, and I feel like that's the inspiration. I just never, I can't imagine that ever ending. And I love it. Yikes, you said so many things <laughs> that resonated <laughs> so much with me uh, in that passage. So I guess the first one is just letting go of trying to do all of the things that you want to do for what you think your practice should be. I really 
really, really, that really resonates with me. Um, and allowing your practice to be what it is. And also the off the mat practice where you were talking about honoring your family, that is just beautiful. And, and just like showing up in your life for whatever it is, that is part of the yogic practice. So I, I just really appreciate that you said that. The other thing that really <laughs> resonated with me is I am also taking a break similar to you and uh, mine started probably about a year, almost two years ago. And because um, I started a consulting business. And so with that, it just takes a lot of time to just build that. And and you're talking about getting back to teaching. And I, I know that you mentioned that you were subbing that is exactly how I get my kind of my teaching fix, I guess you want to call it. Um, and as soon as I get back into it, I'm like subbing and I'm thinking, oh, well, I do have this time on this morning. I could <laughs> potentially do like a regular class or if, if, if the students are like, oh, it'd be really great for you to teach a class. But it's like trying to honor the space that you need for the, whatever transition you're going through. And I know moving is a huge transition. So I, I really respect that you're giving yourself that time and space. And obviously now it's kind of reignited your inspiration to want to learn more and to want to continue to expand through your readings and teachings. Exactly. Exactly. So I'd love for you if you would like to talk a little bit about any particular examples of how yoga has contributed to your transformation, your healing, and or your growth. This is such a great question for me um, because I honestly don't feel as if I've gone through one transformation in my lifetime. I feel like I have evolved many times through many different transformations. Um, and I can honestly say when I think about that question that yoga for me has given me so much insight and to myself. Um, it helps me stay centered through the shifts and changes of life. Um, there's so many tools, like the simplest one is the breath. Um, we always have our breath with us. It's always there. So as life happens and the drama of life unfolds around us and we can go get so easily caught up in that drama, um, yoga for me is that reminder that first I am more than that drama and I don't have to be a part of that drama um, and it also brings me back to my center. And usually that is through my breath. I use my breath a lot during the day. Um, many times I have, like I've mentioned my two boys that are 12. I also have stepdaughters that are 11 and 13. And we're entering this stage of, you know, teenager world. And um, I find myself using my breath a lot to just, okay, take a deep breath and before you answer them or before you interact with, with them. Um, and then also it's giving me the, with my experiences through life and how much that has helped me in the moment, just to take that moment to breathe, that then I can pass that on to my teenagers and have them have that as a tool for 
the moments that they also recognize they need to take a moment and step back and take a breath. And I think that's incredibly powerful when we can just create that moment of space. And when you do that, it actually leads you into um, a transformation, like in this really small little level in that very moment in time. And over time, that can actually lead to these larger transformations, of course. Um, maybe more specifically, as I think through my life, um, I've had real moments where I can remember, think of the universe putting um, something before me in which I had an opportunity to make a choice. And I had a, they're very clear, like a yes or a no. And often in like, I don't have much time to make that choice. Like it's there and I make it and then, you know, I'm going down that path. I think one of the first ones for me was um, when I was graduating from high school, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I knew I needed, I was going to go to college, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I've always been drawn to the healing arts. Um, I th had this idea at one point in time that I would become a physician. Um, and so when I presented with what did I want to do, um, in conversation with my mother, who had been a lab tech and loved her job, I decided that I would follow into the field of radiology. And I applied to a school here in Portland, actually, Mercy Hospital School of X-ray um, Technology. And when I applied, they said the school was full, that I could start by taking um, basic courses through um, St. Joseph's College, and then maybe the next year I would get accepted. Well, a month before the program was to start, I get a phone call from the school stating they had only 10 places, I think it was, and one of the previous people in that um, that they had offered the position to had not answered, and she had 24 answer, hours still to answer whether she wanted this position or not. And did I want that spot if, if she didn't accept it within the 24 hours? And this was still at a time when I was doing yoga as a teenager. And I just remember like catching my breath for a moment and being like, oh my God, this is one of those moments where I have a choice. <laughs> and if I say no, then, you know, I'll be waiting at least a year to get into this program. If I say yes, like, what does that mean? Like, I've got to hurry up and get my act together. <laughs> to get all my ducks in a row to be ready for this. And so I did, I said yes. Um, and that led me towards the direction of um, a career in the healing arts um, in a roundabout way, eventually leading me to where I am now. And then there was another moment of time similar to that, probably about a little over a decade later, I would say, um, where I was presented with an opportunity to teach classes um, while I was on vacation in Florida to teach yoga classes. Well, I wasn't trained as a yoga instructor at the time. And um, I ha what had happened was we were there on vacation and it was a group of people that were pretty much like 50 and older. And they were doing, watching videos or, um, you know, uh, VHS tapes even of yoga classes. And as they were doing them, I noticed that there was not very good cueing happening. And I started to have concern from my background in medicine that they might injure themselves. So 
I started saying, hey, you know, if you just um, try this in this pose, I think you'll feel a little more stable or this will just keep you from tweaking your knee. And they asked me to then teach some yoga classes while I was there. And I remember thinking, oh, I can't do that. I'm not a certified teacher. And it was another one of those moments in time where I had this split second to say yes or no. And I ended up saying yes. And of course, then going back to where I was staying and thinking, what did I just agree to do? And I did it. And I, I, I knew some how to do some lesson plans. I wrote down some lesson plans based on what I had experienced with my teacher, Sally. And the many years at that point, I had been going to her classes. And this group loved them so much, they asked me to do it for three days a week while I was there. And then I realized that if I'm doing this, I need to become certified. So that's how I searched and found Shiva Shakti. And that's what led me to do my 200 hour training with them. Um, but I think the biggest time in my life in which yoga has really supported me in many different ways was during my divorce from my children's father. And I truly don't know what the outcome would have been if, if I had not had yoga there to support me through that time. Um, the breath work, the asana, just getting on my mat every day and being able to work through the emotions of going through a very difficult divorce um, was so powerful. And, and I think in so many ways was one of the biggest transformations that I've had yet to this day. Um, it really brought me back to me um, where I had not been me for a long time. I had lost me during my marriage and it was, um, it was years still of doing that work and being on the mat and of course some other things too, but I feel today more me than I have felt probably since I was a child. And I think that is the magic of showing up and, and being there and yoga gives you the tools to be with those things that are uncomfortable and work through them to transform you. Um, and every time we transform, I feel like it truly is bringing us more back to our true self. Yes. So again, so many different things that you said really, truly resonate. I think one of the, the main things that's kind of like the thread throughout the whole thing is creating that moment of time and space and for non-reacting, exactly. um, especially like what you were saying with your, with your children for near teenage <laughs> teenagers, uh, wowzers, good luck. <laughs> um, but I, what I, <laughs> I want to just say too, that they're all amazing. We are actually truly yeah. blessed with very kind, um, compassionate and very um, thoughtful teenagers. Um, mm. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Again, like what a great learning opportunity, I think for everyone. And, and um, I love the other pieces providing also the space to make decisions and the courage and um, bravery in jumping in when given these amazing opportunities that you're, you might not be a hundred percent sure of, but um, I think that is, is a beautiful part of the journey too. And, and like you said, especially through divorce, and I, I myself have gone through that as well, 
coming back to yourself because you do, when you're in it, you tend to lose yourself. And I remember something that my mom said to me after everything was said and done that she's like, I'm so glad to have you back. And I thought, oh my gosh, okay, I guess I wasn't here for a while. And it, and it was that. It was just like you lose yourself. You do. Relationship. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that yoga also, when you realize that it, it that if the, I um, can't think of the word that I want right now, but you, you feel as if you're more empowered going forward to maintain the integrity of who you are so that doesn't happen again. It is possible to be in relationship and not lose yourself um, for sure. And, and I think that is one of the, the, the great rewards of showing up and doing your practice of yoga, whatever that is for you, um, is it continually brings you back to yourself. So in doing so, you're less likely to lose yourself. Um, in anything that you're doing. I think too, uh, and going back to something that you mentioned before we started recording, I think that um, it's really hard for our society to talk about these things. And um, it's almost like a taboo thing to talk about, you know, if you're going through a divorce or you're having struggles with your your children, um, you know, everybody, thinks that everything needs to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but when it's not, and we don't have the ability to talk about it, I think that's, that really does a disservice to ourselves and also our society. Um, I don't know if you want to speak any more to that. Sure. Um, yeah, there's so much with this. I think the practice of yoga for me really reopened my heart again. And in doing so, it, has allowed me to feel there's also a, a level of a safeness a, like and safeness isn't the word I want, but there's a level of um, it's, it's a safe space. Like you feel like you can be vulnerable and it's okay. There's a letting go. Um, and then also you had mentioned too, how um, yoga gives us courage. And I think that in that place of feeling safe to feel vulnerable and share with others, there's also the courage that we are given through yoga and our yoga practice to, um, to be okay with, um, with sharing maybe some more personal things. And it is, I know, so desperately needed in our world today, that connection. And it's almost a validation. I think that, you know, we see these lives and, social media, um, you know, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram and they look so perfect. And the reality is there's life is really not like that. It's messy. There is, you know, chaos that ensues and goes on. And part of that is to push us and to drive us to become, um, you know, more our true self, you know, to have conflict that we work through and it just betters ourselves each time hopefully, if we are willing to embrace it. But I think it's just allowing everybody else to know that, you know, my life isn't perfect. I've had difficulties that I've had to work through, um, but it's okay. And in the end, it's all okay. And I think that's one of the biggest things that yoga has really taught me is this letting go 
um, letting go of so many things. Like, you know, even when you have, like I moved down here and I had this vision of what I wanted my life to be in Southern Maine. But at the same time, there was also a piece of me that knew it's okay to let go of that and let it be what it's going to be and trust my intuition and the unfolding um, that happens. And, and in that, you find so much magic and beauty um, if you can just stay with that place of letting go. And I think even when we're going through difficult things, if we can step back and take that breath and create that space, then we can recognize that there's also beauty in even the, the difficulties that we have to go through. There's always some um, wisdom that can be gained um, instead of getting caught up in the negative aspect of it. Look, trying to find the gift that's in those difficult times. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned that that really resonated with me among everything else uh, is that you're letting go of the expectations you had for when you moved down to Southern Maine. And it, it reminds me of my own transition into my consulting business because really you're, you're literally jumping off the proverb, proverbial cliff into what is this going to be and not really having a set structure for it. And so I feel that same way as you mentioned, it's just kind of like you have to let go of what you think it's going to be because it's going to likely be different and whatever it is, you just have to be with what it is. And honestly, I think what I've seen so far and what I know is coming is more than I could have ever planned, even if I wanted to plan anything, which it never, you can plan as much as you want, but honestly, it never, <laughs> never goes exactly the way you think it's going to go. And in, in yeah. ways that are just beautiful, that's what ends up happening. And so I just, I just really appreciated how you said that. It's like, you can have all of these things thought out and expectations for whatever, but truly like what, whatever is going to be is going to be. Yeah. And I think if you could just find the space to be welcoming and opening to that, then again, I think when we hang on and we cling to things, and this is probably a whole nother topic, we do create suffering um, inside of ourselves. You know, we had this expectation and it wasn't met. And then we are frustrated by that, or we're saddened by that, um, or we're just disappointed by that. And so um, I feel like when you can create space and that letting go, then you're less likely to have to experience that suffering. And like you just said, I, it's really the magic of all of this is it is usually above and beyond when you let go and you allow the universe to guide you or, or God or whoever you want to call it. Um, it's, it ends up being so much better than you could have ever even imagined or anticipated. And that's really kind of the fun of this journey too. I could not agree more. I really appreciate your sharing that. So what parts of your inspiration over the years and your experiences through your own yoga journey are coming through the services that you're providing to those people with whom you work through your yoga and other healing arts? Well, for one thing, I think that um, all of our lifetime experiences up until this moment in time for all of us um, 
are really a big part of who we are. And it's just been such an interesting year to me because I think all along it's the, my lifetime, I had some inner awareness that I was a healer, and, but I, I directed that towards traditional, the traditional medical world for many years. And I just never felt um, right in that, in that field. And when I let go, and I have to say that what I do working as a self-employed person, um, teaching yoga and um, seeing, you know, and as a massage therapist, it's a scary thing. You don't have that security of the nine to five job and that paycheck. And then, you know, also all the benefits that go along with that, that I have had in the past with, you know, health insurance and retirement plans and all that. So when you jump into this world of being self-employed, you don't have that security net anymore. So again, I think this is where my practice of yoga comes in, where it's again, it's taught me to just trust. And I know beyond any shadow of any doubt that this is what I am meant to be doing. And all of the things I've done, whether being an x-ray technologist, a CAT scan technologist, you know, even a bartender in the past are all skills that have led me to being here as a massage therapist and yoga instructor. As a massage therapist, I have the ability, like when people come to me, to be able to really listen. And I'm listening to what they're telling me before, you know, in their intake, before they get on the table. Um, and then when they're on the table, I've been able to learn through the time and through uh, my yoga journey to listen more to my intuition and to allow that to guide me. I haven't always <laughs> been able to trust that or listen to that. And that was one of my lessons in my younger years. But um, now, whether it's I'm teaching yoga or the client on the table, I can feel and sense um, what needs to be done um, to address whatever the needs are, whether it's the yoga student or the client on my table. And so that's how I end up working, whether it's teaching class, I come in and I have this lesson plan kind of in my head, what I want to do and achieve. But when I get there into the classroom and I feel the students that are there and present and some classes, I'll even start by asking students how their bodies are feeling. I let go of the lesson plan and end up trusting my intuition to guide me into the practice that um, will most benefit my students. And then the same unfolding happens with that massage therapist. I'm, I'm with a massage client on the table is listening to their needs as they come into the appointment and then listening to what my hands are telling me as I place them on their bodies. The bodies have so much to tell us. And if we are just quiet and we listen and again, breathe, um, then I feel like I'm giving, whether it's my students or my massage clients, a more tailored um, experience and hopefully meeting the needs that they have in that moment in time. So that's how I feel like all of this has kind of led and brought me to here and the um, practitioner that I am today. I want to pick up on something that you mentioned regarding trusting your own knowing and how amazing that is for your the people for the people that you work with to see that and be able to learn from what you're doing and 
it's such a great, you're such a great model for that trust and for letting go and for listening to the needs of, of your clients, but also to yourself and, and also sharing with them how to be more body aware in the multiple different ways that you do that. And especially with your health background, I mean, you have all of those things connected and, and I, I loved how you said it's like every single step and every single role that you have played in your life has led you to the place where you are now and, and has built you to be the practitioner you are now. So that's just a, a really beautiful way of connecting everything together. Thank you so much, Catherine. Yeah, that's exactly it. So based on, on all of your experiences, what would you share with someone who has never done yoga before and is interested in, in trying it out? I think back when I hear that question to, um, I honestly, since I had, I had been introduced to yoga as a child, I have a hard time thinking about in my own personal life where I, where I would have entered a class as a beginner. Although I think I still consider myself a beginner in a lot of ways. Um, there's so much to learn still, but when I think about those students that have come to me for the first time and, um, and I do often encourage new students to explore different forms of yoga. There's so much out there and different teachers because I think there is something to learn in all these different ways from the rather the different styles and the different teachers. And then um, you're going to find when you do that, the path that speaks the most to you. Um, whether it's a certain teacher or specific style, and I mean like, you know, like Shivananda style or Kundalini style or Hatha yoga style. Um, there's so many options out there nowadays. And everybody, again, has different needs. And those can shift and change through life. Like you might find one style that works for you for many years, and then that no longer serves you anymore. So you have to, you, you change it to something else. But I think it's really about finding the teacher that resonates with you the most um, but I also like, there's a little caution there because I do feel like yoga, when you start getting on your mat and moving your body, it opens things up. Um, it's kind of like going to a therapist. Um, and when that happens, it's like, and I liken this probably to even seeing a therapist in a way, you can start to feel things that are uncomfortable. And so sometimes the tendency might be to like decide you don't like that teacher anymore or you don't like doing yoga anymore because you start to feel this uncomfortable place as these things start opening up inside of you. And um, I think that I would caution a new student to be present with that. And sometimes it is that you need a different teacher or a different style of practice but oftentimes it's just because we need to stay there and we need to breathe and we need to show up um, because that is kind of the beginning of um, another transformation about to happen. And when you can stay with that and be present with that, um, it's again, extremely powerful. Um, some great healing comes out of that as all of us know that have been through this. <laughs> so I think, that's one of the biggest things I would say to a new student, um, to stay open and 
be with what you're experiencing and feeling and um and you'll find the right place the place that feels the most um the most the, the one that resonates with you the most whether it's the teacher or the the style of yoga or even it can even be the space for that matter too sometimes it's the space you know that is created by the teacher or the studio um, but I would encourage new students to show up in a class. I think doing it online is good. Um, and that can feel safe also because it's in the privacy of your own home or apartment or wherever it is you are. But being able to work with an actual instructor who can see you and can maybe just even show you by just slightly moving a part of your body in a pose, how that totally shifts that pose for you. Um, and again, there's also the safety. I, again, my background in medicine always leads me back to, I think I have a um, kind of penchant for Iyengar yoga because I like the um, ideas behind keeping the body safe through alignment, safety, you know, alignment cues. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably the, what I would share and I do share with new students beginning their practice in yoga. So what I love most about, about that answer, especially is like the being with whatever comes up, because I think it's so easy for us to just say, okay, that's it. Nope. That's not comfortable. <laughs> I'm going to move away from whatever that is or whatever that was. I have no idea what that was, but really being okay with sitting with it and and exploring what it is because mm -hmm. obviously it was something that was trapped inside of us for however long it happened to be that it's so important to be with that and it is i'm not i'm not gonna lie like i i've had that happen to me to the point of you know crying and and letting go of whatever it was but and and working through whatever it was but it's it makes us feel so much lighter by letting go of all of that stuff that we've just been carrying around with us in whatever way our body decided to embody whatever it was. <laughs> uh, so I, I just really appreciate that part because I think our society, like we were talking about before, it's just so easy for us to just say, nope, I'm not going to feel that. Nope, I'm not going to do that thing because it's not comfortable for me. Um, I do think as long as, as, as you're being safe, like you were saying about Iyengar, just allowing yourself to be guided by somebody who is well-informed in terms of the safety aspects of it, but then providing that safe space for you to do whatever healing is gonna be meaningful for you. Exactly, and I think that that's also what keeps me going back um, and getting back on my mat is the knowing that as I work through these things that I've held onto in my body, there's many layers sometimes, um, but that, like you mentioned, that lightness afterwards, um, it's so freeing. And I think each time we do that again, I, I said this earlier, but it's bringing us more back to our, our self. You know, we feel more us, we feel more me again. Um, when we can let go of those things and we stop identifying with things or whatever it is we're holding on to. And I too have had that moment in a yoga class, um, which really surprised me of breaking down and crying. Um, and I can remember that moment very vividly. 
And I also remember the relief it felt letting it go. And of course they had, it was, it was with my teacher, Sally, that I've mentioned before and, and her gentleness, um, she just very quietly came over to me and, you know, asked if I was okay. And she just created that space where it was okay to continue to cry if I needed to, um, which I did and then, and move on. Um, but it's just such an incredible gift. It's a really um, amazing tool for working these things out. Agreed 100%. Kellyanne, Nicole, thank you so much for sharing your story. And as you mentioned, we're continuing to transform, heal, and grow throughout our lives. So you're always welcome to come back in the future to share more of that journey with us at any time. Thank you, Catherine, so much. This has been um, really a wonderful experience um, getting to share a little of my story. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to today's episode of Yoga Journeys, inspiring stories of transformation, growth, and healing. We'll have another episode ready for you soon, but until then, I hope you have a wonderful day. 